Hi, I'm Maya. And I'm Tara. And welcome to Murder, Maya and Me. This is a weekly podcast that has a healthy dose of true crime mixed with the things that we find interesting and topical. You can find us on social media at Murder, Maya and Me. We are both on Twitter and Instagram. And if you like what we're doing, we'd be really grateful if you could leave us a five-star review. But if you don't like what we're doing, we'd really love to hear from you. So please send us your feedback and we will do our best to get better and better. Now for the podcast. Welcome back to any new listeners of the podcast. And thank you for all our dedicated listeners who've been listening along so far. Today's podcast will be a little different um, as we're going to talk about all things dyslexia. Um, As a little bit of background, I suppose, I am dyslexic. I was diagnosed when I was, I think I was about five, very young. I might have been a bit older, but um, my parents would correct me if they were listening to this. How did did you get diagnosed? Because this is something I've never really understood because... I volunteer as a governor and we have obviously special education needs children and that kind of stuff but I don't actually know much about the process of of you know finding out whether or not you are dyslexic or not. Yeah so my my experience was probably very different to most people's um my brother was the reason why my brother was at school he he's a couple of years older than me and um, he was only in primary school, so also very young. If I was five, he would have been, what, seven? Yeah. So still sort of in, in junior school. And he was, in his reading classes, he kept being put back and given more simple books. And mm. my parents would go, hang on a minute, this doesn't make sense. Because at home, he's reading books way beyond his level. Mm. Yeah. And he's reading, like, two or three books a day. You know, he was reading a lot for his age. Yeah. And they knew that he was reading more. So it just didn't make sense that he was being put back for reading at school because they knew he was good at reading and beyond his level. So they went in and spoke to the teachers and the teachers basically said, well, he doesn't read. When we sit down, he doesn't read aloud Uh. and he can't get out his words. So the only way they could tell that he couldn't read is he was going, oh, well, welcome to... And he just couldn't read from paper out loud but in his right. head he could you he could, could give him a paragraph right. he would read it and then tell you what it was about ah that's interesting isn't it yeah and it's also interesting that obviously your parents are really engaged with him yeah. as they're, they're and i say that because i you know i know there are parents yeah. that really are not yeah. um and so they knew their child which yeah. is I, I, I'm a big fan of Maya's parents even though I've not met them because <laughs> they seem like they're really sensible but so that's really awesome the fact that they had the the sort of knowledge and the confidence in their own kid yeah and I don't know who told them or how they worked out but they basically they I don't know if they went independently or if the school told them to go and get him tested for dyslexia mm. but I have a memory that we went to some specific place where we were both and um, both tested mm-hmm. they took my brother in they tested him and they did some research that suggested that it would be worth testing me as well right. at the same time because if I've got dyslexia, it will come up in the test. Mm. So I've I've done like I've been reading about it quite a bit because as Maya said, I'm I'm not dyslexic, um, and I when I was at school because I'm a dinosaur, there wasn't really much in the way of discussion about it and and it wasn't really something that was ever really known about and <laughs> you, you know you had the kids that were 
um, and you know we were in like streams and stuff so long ago but you had the children that maybe uh, possibly could have had dyslexia but they just had to get on with it there was no sort of allowances yeah. made for them yeah. and I think that because I'm from that era I didn't really I knew about dyslexia I'd heard about it and my husband's friend has got dyslexia and he really struggles to read but he likes audiobooks um, and you know we knew Dan was clever yeah um super super excellent um businessman you know really knew his stuff but he just can't get on with reading um but still I still I think if I'm honest with you I still until I met you I did have a bit of a prejudice against it because I just thought well, I don't really understand that yeah it doesn't make sense to me and because I don't have that yeah. because I because I read pretty well I don't yeah. it's really hard to put yourself in there but yeah. having met you at uni and then we've worked together and you know I've seen how clever you are and there are just some things I know your brain can't process in the Mm. same way Mm. that mine can it's interesting I think I've always said I've been the reason why I think I'm so passionate is because number one my parents have always said to me just because you've got dyslexia doesn't mean you can't do anything yeah and don't use it as an excuse don't use it as a reason to to not do anything you just got to find another way of doing it it's like any any um, learning difficulty, any any hurdle in life, mm. whether you've got heart, not got one arm, you've mm. got um, dyspraxia rather than dyslexia, or you know Aspergers, mm. whatever you've got, you've just got to find a method to yeah. work. You've got to find a way around it, right? Yeah. You've, mm-hmm. You find a, a solution to the problem, and um, I think the biggest thing that we found through both my education and my brothers was. The schools didn't want to do that. Yeah. You got your label as dyslexia. Right, let's shove you to the side because you're not going to do very it's well. Because, in fairness to the schools, they're always under pressure to get yeah. a result. So if they have, have to spend, even if it's just an extra 10 minutes with yeah. somebody who's, you know, got something. And, and the thing is, um, and I was talking to this talking about this with you earlier you know our tutors feedback for you is that you know you you just got better and better as you kind of figured out the stuff that you needed to figure out and you know if people actually listen and actually give you the time then you can actually get the results that you need but I'm sure as a teacher if you just got to get through day by day they probably can't be asked yeah I'm not saying that's okay no but they are under so much pressure Hugely. Because it's so results-driven, our education system, which I don't agree with. Well, this is why I think... I mean, I don't know the solutions to the problem, and I don't think it's so much... I don't know. I don't know. I haven't spent enough time going through what the issues are out there because I just think there's too... It's too big a thing for me to start working out because every school is different, every Mm -hmm. system is different, every country is different, uh, primary school is different, secondary school, university is different from school, school... So there's so many problems and I think just educating people on it and giving um, a wider understanding of what dyslexia is, like any, any, um, anything like that, it just helps the general public to not, um, what's the word? Be judgmental? Yeah, judgmental yeah. and just... Like, it was just frustrating at school. I always have felt I had to back myself up. Mm. Um, I had some, some really great teachers and yeah. I had some really crap ones. I think, Excuse yeah. Excuse my language. No. <laughs> we have had worse. Um, <laughs> some teachers, and this is all it takes, is someone to sit down with you. Yeah. Or someone even just to appreciate, go, mm. look, I know you struggle with reading, so here's a printout of the information that we've got on the board today. Mm. 
There you go. Just print out. It takes two seconds to print out the information that you've stuck on the board. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Something like that. Or just say, if you need any extra help, if you struggle with anything today, come and have a word with me five minutes at the end and I'll mm. see what I can do to help. Sure. Just that, that little bit of reassurance, it means the world when you're mm. struggling in class because um, especially when you're a very young student. Yeah. Because you, I knew if you were five, young yeah, age, like wow. Um, I was lucky enough to go and um, to school in Denmark for six months, which was an amazing experience from a dyslexic point of view. Yeah, because they 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 school in a completely different way. Although I feel I may have struggled when it got to later on in their schooling system. Okay. Because it's almost a little bit too. I might get this wrong, so also bear with me. But from what I've understood from conversations <laughs> with my mum. Red. Honestly, we, we may actually get through one podcast without, without the, dog the dog being a knobhead. Can <laughs> I just put her in the yeah, garden? Put her in the garden. Oh, oh, open the door. Maybe she just wants to go through. Yeah, maybe she does. She probably wants to like savage the cushion. <laughs> Come on then. She's so bossy though. Like she just barks to get her own way. She knows what she wants. <sighs> At least she's sure on something. Stupid dog. <laughs> so, so yeah no definitely had some great teachers um I had a head teacher actually at my old school when I lived in the UK who um sat down I think both with me and my brother and just there was a few things so when I first was at primary school I would take so much time to get my handwriting perfect mm. to get everything looking beautiful because a lot of when you're in primary school it's getting your shapes of your letters right and making sure everything's written in a really beautiful way. Yeah. But as a dyslexic student, I was spending too much time fixating on that, making sure I had all my spellings right, rather than just getting the words down. Yeah. So she spent some time with me, getting rid of that anxiety about... I don't, never but thought of it being an yeah. anxiety. But, but just, it's good, though, because, yeah. you know, in, in, in primary school, where I'm a governor, they get, like, a pen licence. If their handwriting's not good enough, they get a pen licence. Uh, you know, they don't get the pen licence, yeah. which... On the one hand, yeah, I know you've got to be able to write legibly, but on the other hand, if you're a dyslexic student and what you're saying is, you know, you've got to be neat, yeah, that's kind of like... Ugh. I think we had something similar. You had to have a certain amount of handwriting, but she realised yeah. she was a really good head teacher. Excellent. She yeah. was quite exceptional, and everyone was really gutted because she, she left the same mm. year that we left. Um, but yeah, she took that time to time because she realised that's why most of the time I was still in class 15 minutes after everyone had left because yeah. I was still doing my work um, so just taking that time to, to if you have or even as a parent to work out what's going on mm. with your child at home um, can be really really crucial it, sometimes it's just one little thing Yeah, you know for that year that you've got to get over so your handwriting, writing quicker or it might be um <laughs> The dog barking. <laughs> <laughs> it might be like asking the teacher if they can, if your child can have printout of any notes mm. that you get yeah. on the board in class. So you would say that as a parent, you need to make sure that you're there as an advocate for your child. If you can, I know that there's sometimes life just gets in the yeah, way. Yeah, for sure it does. But then I always think, well, if you're having a kid and you can't be asked to do anything to support <laughs> him or her, then what's the point? Yeah, uh, it's easy for me, but yeah, um, to say that, but you know. That's my thought. So I thought, because I've done a bit of reading about this, I thought I'd maybe talk about dyslexia, and I do like her definition. So I found a definition. I can't remember where I found it. It might have been on the Helen Arkell Dyslexia Charity page, but it might not be. So this is the definition I found. 
So it's a general term for disorders that involve difficulty in learning to read or interpret words, letters and other symbols, but that do not affect general intelligence. And I think that's really important to say, because as I've said to you before, you're super bright and there is that stigma. You know, Dan, um, our friend, struggles with his spellings, but he, again, he's, he's a clued up guy. And I think we have a very linear understanding of intelligence sometimes in this country, particularly if you're involved in academia, because... There's that understanding of academia is the only form of intelligence. But actually, there are different ways to measure intelligence, isn't there? And I think the older I get, the more I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. Apparently, it affects uh, around about 10% of the UK population. And it can affect um, your reading and your writing, your spelling. It can give you um, problems with your short-term memory. And I think you would say that that's, that's relevant me. for you. <laughs> and I also thought this was relevant for you, but I'll... You know, you can tell me if, to poke it if it's not right. Um, said that there's issues with working memory, which is the working memory is something that's the is concerned with the short term memory and with the immediate conscious perceptual or linguistic processing. So basically, what that means is, for example, and this reminds me of the times when we'd be revising, is that you you have trouble sort of composing information in your head, so you can't really sort of do a recipe in the right order or yeah. that kind of thing yeah. or you know I think about the times where we were doing homeostasis with Jackie and yeah. you'd maybe struggle to remember those things that she went through with yeah, us so definitely. I thought that was quite interesting definitely. and just from a neuroscience point of view that's all in your hippocampus mm-hmm. that's that part of the brain mm-hmm. isn't like everything in there mm-hmm. no, I know it's not but you know um, there can also be issues with time management and organisation Difficulty expressing thoughts or knowing your left from your right. And also sometimes issues with sequencing, like, you know, not knowing whether it's January, February, March or February, March, January. I find that really hard. Do you? (laughs) There's, uh, what is it, September, October, November, December. Yeah. If I got that right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get, I either miss a month or I get them the wrong way around. Somewhere in there. That's really interesting. And alphabet. Can't do the alphabet. I can oh. do it if I say it in order, A, B, C, D, I have to. Oh, well, like singing If it. someone would say, is K after N, I wouldn't be able to know until I've gone through the whole thing. I don't know that I would, though. I, I don't, don't know think that... many people can, but some people yeah. can. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I'm, and we've, our brains are all different. I think what I liked about, um, I don't know if I've written this down on here, but what I liked about um, one of the websites that I looked at was it talked about how dyslexia is not like... It, there's no sort of box that you fit into with dyslexia. It's it's a continuum. So you can have it mild, you can have it severe. Um, it's about figuring out the things that are specific to your learning difficulty. Um, and I think he put... Um, yeah, it was a guy called uh, Jim Rose. He wrote a report in 2009 called um, Identifying and Teaching Children and Young People with Dyslexia and Literacy Difficulties. Um so yeah, he said it's a continuum without a distinct category or cut-off point. So yeah. I thought that was quite cool because I didn't really know that until uh, literally until today. Really? Yeah, seriously. I knew you were saying like with your brother and you, you had different things, and I suppose as well because there are other people in our class. Although one of them, he particularly, he kept saying he was dyslexic, but he'd never been tested, and I was like, "Are you dyslexic?" This is the other thing that um I'll put on on Instagram a YouTube video which is really quite funny i think is it was it bbc three no what was it um oh, what, this the... is my dyslexia <laughs> yeah bbc three did like a, a short video about things not to say to someone with dyslexia and it's really quite funny if you are a dyslexic or know anyone that 
has dyslexia. They do it with lots of things, yeah. like things that um things not to say with someone with blah blah blah. And it's it's like, oh I think I might be dyslexic. Although I don't mind that one so much because then I'll ask them why. Yeah. And they'll either say, Why don't you go and get tested then? Yeah. And when they then say, Oh no, I don't think I want to, I'm like, Well then, well, then you probably don't not. even say anything to yeah. me. Yeah. Because that's what that it's guy kept it. saying, didn't mm-hmm. he, on our course. Yeah. If you think you're dyslexic, go and get tested because you're only ever gonna gain from being tested because then you can get the support. Yeah, you need. exactly. And if you're not, then happy great. Days, happy, move on. Yeah, exactly, quite. And this is something we do need to talk about later on is the price of being tested because oh, really? it is it can be expensive i know some places will subsidize but we'll talk about that later yeah. so i mean i um in the report that this guy called jim rose put, did he um sort of discusses the the times and and periods of life where dyslexia maybe become apparent so the first obvious one is when you start going to primary school which is exactly what happened to you um and then when you transition from primary to secondary school because there's obviously a heavier workload and maybe you have to read more books you might manage to sort of if you have a sort of mild form of dyslexia you might have been able to sort of wing it at primary school but then all of a sudden the pressure chain is becomes too much at high school and then it might become apparent yeah and then also they said when you go to university or sort of further education, if you're moving away and you're into sort of tertiary education, perhaps it might show itself then because you don't have the support of your family at home yeah. because you've managed to be able to contr- control it or cope with it. And then all of a sudden you're living on your own in halls and the support system's not there. And Definitely. So I thought that was quite interesting because there's the assumption that, you know, you'll figure it all out and it'll, you'll find out probably by the time you're in secondary school, but actually yeah. that's not necessarily the case. No. So I think that, um, again, half the, not half the reason, but, you know, I think 100% of the reason we're doing the podcast is because we're interested and it's a good excuse to meet up. Otherwise, we maybe <laughs> wouldn't see each other. But um, but also it's about creating awareness. If we can yeah. just bring awareness to one person, then surely that's got to be a good thing. Exactly. Um, so. The thing I thought also is interesting in this report is it talks about how in the workplace, once you've finally left your tertiary education or your high school and you've gone into the workplace, it might actually be a reason where why you don't actually get promotions. Because if you've in particular if you've got to do admin stuff and you might not have that sort of skill set yeah. or you haven't identified that that's a skill that you need. So I thought as an employer that would probably be a good thing to know or even an employee if you think okay so in order to to go for that promotion I'm going to have to up my game in this area because I know that I'm not particularly strong yeah there's so there's always um through my life because I've known from such a young, young age I've been through a lot of the hurdles that maybe some people that haven't been diagnosed yeah. later on have not been through um so the first thing that you experience that you wouldn't be aware of is the cost of being tested, mm. which I've just had a look now. And I think it depends where you are and what, what um, situation you're in. But I think if you can't afford it, you can get some sort of additional funding. Mm. Um, so there is a charity called the Independent Parental Special Education Advice charity mm. and they i think they will assess you and see if you qualify but otherwise you have to pay for it outright yourself which if you have a lot of kids can be quite ex- expensive so they cost the initial assessment will cost 450 pounds jesus christ with a specialist teacher 
and um, £600 with an educational psychologist. You see, now I'm assuming, and I don't know this, so I'm probably going to find out when I next go to my governor meeting, is whether or not, as an academy, we fund that. Because obviously we have a, an educational psychologist that has is part of our... Because, I mean, you know, I am a governor in a school in a very deprived area, and... I think 67% of our cohort are, are pupil premium, which is, you know, means that they have school meals or, you know, they basically don't have the financial support. So I can't begin to imagine that many of those would think 450 quid is a good use of their resources. No, There's not, not a judgment on them. No. I think it's just... It's just no, an observation. Imagine you have three children. Yeah. If one of them's dyslexic, likely that the other's going to be. Mm. That's a lot of money to spend. Yeah. And not only do you have to do that when you first think they're dyslexic. So imagine I was diagnosed in junior school. Mm. Every time you go up a key stage, you have to be reassessed to check that you are still dyslexic. Sorry, we just had to pause there quickly. So, yeah, every time you go on to a new key stage, whether that's going from junior school to secondary school, secondary school into a college or a university or any further education, you have to then retest mm. to prove that you're still dyslexic. Yeah, I can remember... Um, when it might have changed that now, I don't know. Well, I, I'm sure, didn't they say that you had evidence that you'd been tested when yeah. we were at uni? Yeah. But that guy who hadn't, he just decided he was dyslexic. He, he... I think it was after, if you just had your retest after the age of 16, they accepted that. Oh. Because I had mine redone when I went into sixth form. Right. Okay. I believe. Yeah. But it's it's a big pressure, isn't it? I yeah. mean, four, five hundred quid. It's a lot quid, of money. I think. And the thing is, they can retest you as many times as you want. You're still dyslexic. Well, quite. And I, and I, I understand that, I think part and parcel of it is, they don't thing. look at your report, they just want evidence. Yeah. They're not using the report to help them with their learning, which I think, again, is... Pretty pants. But then again, it is a really long report. I mean, it's pages and pages of extensive information. But then all the more reason to do it, surely. All the or more have reason... a copy for a teacher if they want to yeah. go and be like, yeah. oh, why is, that, why is that student struggling? Oh, I can yeah. go and have a look at her dyslexia report and see that she really struggles with her short-term memory. Yeah, exactly. So then maybe we'll have to try and find a way to mm. help with that. Or yeah. she really struggles with spelling. Yeah, I think so. I think um, as teachers... And I know most schools who are part of academies, at least, will have somebody who's part of the SEND team. Whether or not that is involved much with, um, you know, how sort of high up on the list mm. dyslexia falls in that. Because you also get, unfortunately, looking at the information online, a lot of people sort of assume that dyslexia and ADHD and, and all that kind of stuff are all, all sort of lumped in together and that if you've got one you've got all all the others and the rest so one of the things that I wrote down because I wanted to, us to be really positive about dyslexia is um the strengths that you can have so again this is on the Helen Arkell dyslexia charity page and lists the strengths of dyslexics as being innovative thinkers lateral thinkers intuitive problem solvers um excellent troubleshooters and just a creative brain you know creative thinkers and I think that's a really important thing to acknowledge because there are a lot of people out there who have been extremely successful 
who are dyslexic. Um, yeah. So I'm going to read out some of the people who are dyslexic. Now, some of the ones that are really well known are people like Richard Branson. Um, I didn't know Tom Cruise was dyslexic. Yeah, I did. Did you? <laughs> I have a list that I reel off to people. Oh, do you? <laughs> See, I don't. Einstein's my top one. Yeah, Einstein, you told me that. Yeah. So I didn't that. Pablo Picasso, apparently. Yeah, see, artists don't really surprise me because I think people nowadays are quite um, aware that a lot of people that are very creative within art and mm. um, dance are dyslexic. Yeah. It's more the Einsteins, the Richard Bransons. Yeah. Um, that people are more shocked about. But also Steven Spielberg. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, Jim Carrey, Walt Disney, Jamie Oliver. I haven't written down all these ones. There was a physicist lady that I didn't write down. But also, somebody's put on their list Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, sorry, Leonardo DiCaprio? No, Leonardo <laughs> da Vinci. <laughs> yeah. How the hell do they know that? I mean, do they really? I just think not. that's horseshit. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, probably. hang on. Let's just say that he's dyslexic. How do you know if they're dead, for Christ's sake? How, do you do like a retrospective analysis of his work? <laughs> with handwriting or I don't know, I don't know. No. so anyway apart from he might the, well have been but who knows yeah he could have been but I'm the Richard Branson's a great example hugely he's someone that does talk about it a lot yeah and I and I think that's great because he, lots of people hold him up to be you know the entrepreneur don't they um I really like him went off him a little bit when he started attacking the NHS and started trying to buy the NHS and then sued the NHS so Richard pack it in <laughs> Um, Leave our NHS alone. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, like Einstein, and and it, you know, he, he's like the physicist that was the you know the best ever. I think it's a great example because so many people now that do know about sex they just go oh so you can't spell then or you yeah. can't read or you you the letters move on the page yeah that's always the, the first yeah. three things that people always say to me and i'm like no the letters don't move on the page yes i find reading difficult but i can read yes i find spelling difficult but i i can spell phonetically mm. but i do struggle with weird spellings yeah as most people probably would but it just takes me longer to remember them yeah and there's some words that you just have like a a, a complete mental block about oh yeah yellow used to be always yellow and blue were, when i was in school were always the ones i could never spell really now it's different yeah and uh and i don't know if anyone's noticed and i don't care if you've noticed if you have or haven't so i'm just gonna put that out there um so maya does all of our instagram stuff and she does all of our arty things because she's just good like that um and you you write ang- angel as angle. So our angel of death is an angle of death. But I really feel like that represents our podcast. <laughs> no, I should change that. No, no, don't change it. This is why I didn't message you See, to I tell you. I find that embarrassing. Well, don't be embarrassed by it. I know, but... Some people have already told me that. I, I know I've told you, but we've just said about short-term memory. Yeah. Don't be embarrassed, because, like, this is the whole point of having a podcast. And if we want to spell it angle, then we'll bloody spell it angle. Yeah, apologies. It, don't apologise. Smell the angle of death. <laughs> well, to be fair, I don't think there's much angelic about them. But then I was thinking, you know, some people really... I have... You know this, i said this before, a lot really gets on my tits... So many people spell that wrong. It's got nothing to do with anything else. So, And I do feel as a nation, our spelling is a bit shit. So I, probably half the people haven't even noticed anyway. No. So I I just, I know that you are super bright. And if you can't spell a word just because you've got a mental block, who cares? Oh, she's writing it now. So is that angle? That's angle. <laughs> That's just, I read angel. Yeah, I know. Okay, so how do you spell angel then? A-N-G-E-L. Ah, oh, see, 
L E E L. Never gonna Don't worry about it. Don't worry, it's not glycolysis, <laughs> gluconeogenesis. Oh my god, when I failed that. <laughs> I was like, what do you expect from me? <laughs> Don't give me three <laughs> words. We were de- we did a test um at uni and it was I had to remember the definitions for glycolysis, glyconeogenesis. No, I can't remember anymore. Glycolysis. Glucogenesis. Glyconeogenesis. Glyconeogenesis. That's it. And as you probably, you've already forgotten what the three words we've just said are. Well, how do you expect me to remember them? Yeah. And the spelling is so similar. It is. Yet that's slightly different, so I failed that. Um, no, you little did. section of the yeah. Exam. I was gonna say, you, but you, that was very frustrating. Yeah. Um, anyway, slight deviation moving on, there. Moving on. So, um, so I wanted to talk about like because the positives and negatives, the sort of perceptions of dyslexia, and it's really interesting that you said that you're embarrassed about the spelling because I don't think you should be embarrassed about it. I think you should totally embrace who you are. You know, I'm I'm a terrible drunk because I just think I'm hilarious, and that's part of who I am. And. <laughs> <laughs> but you know they were, we we're just all unique aren't we so yeah um we have to figure out who we are and i don't i don't think that should be an issue but i i think i was looking at um uh what's it called a phd thesis um by a guy called neil alexander pass or per se and he again talks about um, some people who have dyslexia are super, super successful. And he he listed again, he wrote um, Richard Branson's standard one. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Alan Sugar was. I don't know that one. I don't like him. Um, James Dyson. Don't know. Oh, Dyson Hoover's. Yeah. Oh. Um, and also, this this one I didn't know. Sir Steve Redgrave, our Olympian. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, I think, you know... That's really interesting, but what, what this um, dissertation about, or thesis is about, was he was talking about people who struggle with their schooling and then go on to sort of have coping strategies that are sort of related to self-harm or might even have, um, you know, really bad behaviour because they can't cope with it. And I thought that's really interesting because, excuse me, largely your experience of being dyslexic have been mostly positive, haven't they? Yeah. And, you, you know, you're really positive about getting the information out there and and sharing it in a, in a positive way and yet there are obviously a, a, a group of people who, who find it really really difficult i would say though that is very much thanks to my family yeah exactly because all through my education i have although i've always done mediocrely well i wasn't the worst in the class mm. but that's because i worked flipping hard harder yeah. than the people that were doing the best in the class mm. um Alongside a few others, there was a couple in my band that I felt we all worked extremely hard and didn't quite receive the grades that we maybe deserved because mm. we still we worked so hard, but we still couldn't quite. It wasn't enough. Mm. It was never it, as much as I worked and never felt it was enough. And I got fine grades at school. Yeah. I didn't do awfully. Um, but when you're watching all your friends that are doing getting A's without even putting yeah. any effort in. It is very frustrating. Yeah, I bet. Um, and my parents kept saying, you can do anything you put your mind to. If you want to do science, bloody do science. Mm. If you want to do languages, you do languages. Even though the schools kept saying, oh, I really think you should maybe do um, combined sciences rather than separate sciences because yeah. we just feel that that would be better for you. No, it would be better for them because then the results are at a certain point yeah. rather than putting something. That really, really annoys me. Yeah. 
And and oh, we really think they? you should think about doing maybe more creative subjects. I'm like, yeah, okay, I want to do creative subjects, but I also want to do history or I want to do psychology. So I did my A levels. I did um, I did photography and I did psychology and then I did business studies and a B tech dance. Mm. I dropped business studies quite quickly. After okay. the first year, I did the first year. I don't think I passed it. I hated business studies. The way it was taught didn't work with my memory. Mm. I just hated everything about it. But I wanted to learn about business because I knew I wanted to do business at some point, but it did not help me in any way. Um, Psychology, I absolutely loved. I was the top student in the class. I knew everything about everything. Got into the exam, failed. Mm. That's the exam, though. You know, you... I don't exam well. Yeah. Some dyslexics do. Yeah. Some don't. I am a coursework person. So I then had to do my psychology AS again the next year. Mm. And I got one grade higher than a fail, which was a pass, but still a really, really low, like as low a grade you could get, but still pass. So I just passed my psychology. I got a B in my photography, again, just because I didn't have enough written work in it. Mm. So again, it wasn't my photography, it was my yeah. written work that to back up the photography. Uh, and then I got... A, beast, uh, a distinction star, they call it, for BTEC. Mm. The equivalent, I think it's the equivalent of a B or an A, I don't know. I think it's an A, isn't it? I think it is, anyway, yeah. whatever. It, it works out as you guys mm. points. I think it's the same, but people always say it's not. But I'm like, just give me that one yeah. thing that I've got. So <laughs> please. I've really struggled with A-levels. So I always was like, right, I'm rubbish at education because I really... um Anything... um scientific because I did so badly in psychology that really knocked my confidence at A-levels so I then went away and did contemporary dance um at uh, a dance school in London but do you know what that says to me is that it really knocked your confidence even though you had really supportive parents and supportive family and they said to me you can do anything you want but the, so you think about the kids that don't come from a exactly. family that are supportive and then they have some knobhead exactly. at school. And and this is where I get really angry because I feel like... There's no one to push them in no, that right there's no, there's no, um, you know, our system of education is not, I'm not saying it's the worst, but I do feel very much it's about fitting everyone into a specific model of teaching yeah. because that's what's most comfortable for the teachers and that's easier yeah. system. And I know it's... I know I, I don't have any answers about how to change it, but no. I do feel like we need to be a little bit more imaginative. We shouldn't be just preparing people to pass exams. No. We should be actually making them into decent members of the community. That's where I think we, we need to look and at I it. I think this, this idea of the schools have to look so much at, is the student going to get the right grades? If they're not, we'll put them in a class where they'll it's less difficult so they'll get right grades. Yeah. I think that, that, for me, more than anything, let a student struggle. If if they want to go and do extra science, let them do the mm. extra science. Try and give them as much support as they it can. It has changed. It has changed a little <coughs> bit in as much Excuse as um, it used. To, yeah, it used to be um, like where the students were. Mm-hmm. Now you're measuring students on the progress that they make. Okay, so if they go better. in at a lower level they need to make a certain amount of progress. If they right. go in at a higher level, they still need to make the same kind of progress. So right. that makes more sense. Yes, that does. It's still not it's still it's not the best. System. Yeah, it's still not the best. But, and it's taken time, you know, that's only been in recent times um, that they've changed that. But yeah. um, So I also want to bring in a little bit of true crime. Mm-hmm. I did originally look for 
something like a murderer who said the reason I did this murder is because I'm dyslexic. But fortunately, I couldn't find one because <laughs> I think it's quite valid that we look at dyslexia in its own right. And um, but what I did find out is so going back to the percentages in the, in like general population around about ten percent. Yeah. There is evidence and research to show that there's a lot of dyslexics in prison, which I think maybe comes back to the whole thing about people not being able to cope with it or not being yeah. able to articulate themselves in a way. Yeah. Because they just talk about how you, some people struggle to sort of express themselves. And so some research shows that prison populations have a dyslexic population of 14 to 31%. Mm-hmm. And some research saying that actually some places it's up to 56%. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Which I found really interesting. I thought, I thought, God, bloody hell. So that's our little tiny little nod to our true crime passion. Yeah, because I think so many people that I've come across have gone, I think I'm dyslexic. And I, and I say, I can, I can usually, I think I can work out pretty quickly whether I think that they're just saying it because they struggled a bit at school and they don't, can't be bothered yeah. to work hard enough. Yeah. And get, um, I know I'm just being very shallow here in what I'm saying, but you can get you can get an impression from people if yeah. you think that they're similar to you or not. So on this, there's a scale. It goes, I believe, I was trying to find it on my phone before, but I can't. Um, when I was tested, you were there was a scale of um, not dyslexic, a little bit dyslexic, although whether it was worded like that, I can't remember. <laughs> um, dyslexic, mm. severely dyslexic, no. Very dyslexic, severely dyslexic. Mm. Severely being the most dyslexic you yeah. can be. And I am severely. Okay. My brother the same. Ah. However, we're completely different. Yeah. My best friend when I was younger was even more dyslexic than oh, I am. you telling me about her, yeah. She still struggles to read. Mm. Um, love her to bits. Because I grew up with her, I used to... Because I was better at reading than she was, she literally... She's a she's same age as me. She's a twenty year old or in her twenties, and she can still not read fully a little bit of script next mm. to a piece of artwork. You know, just that paragraph of writing. Yeah. She really struggles. So she has a scribe. When she was in school, I believe she had a scribe and um, a reader, mm. which made she's doing really well. She's studying to be an architect now. And doing amazingly. Yeah, brilliant. Which uh, for every person out there that 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 doesn't sort of manage the dyslexia in a in a way that's positive, not judging them, it could be just their their sort of life, they their circumstances. That, you know, we're all, you know we we can't control who we're born to, can we? But I think um, there's got to be for everyone out there. Hopefully, at least one person that was doing okay. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think that. Like I said, you've changed my whole opinion of dyslexia because I just didn't know anything about it. And yeah. what I have also seen is how hard you've worked this year and how you've sort of overcome the things that you found difficult at the beginning. you just figured out a way to sort of get the information in your head, haven't you? Yeah, I was always told you can find a toolbox for any yeah. any any um, learning situation in life. Mm. So for my brother, he can read and read and read and read and read. And because he can read so much, his spelling is much better than mine. Yeah. I don't really read. I like to watch films, listen to audio stuff. Mm. I'm a very much a visual learner. Yeah. Um. Also an audio, mm. more on the visual side. So whenever I've done anything, I've tried to find a visual way of doing it, or an audio way of way of doing it, or a doing way of doing it. The worst thing for me is to read. Yeah. So when I read, I concentrate too much on actually 
trying to read the sentence rather than understanding what the sentence is saying. And I feel, like as someone who reads a lot, but I also am an oral learner, um, I, I feel like, you know, if you're going to be born dyslexic, this is the 21st century of the for time, sure. because audiobooks, like when, when Dan, you know, I love, I love buying books for people, because I love to read, I've been a bookworm my whole life. But Dan, I knew, could never sit down and read a book, so we would just buy him audiobooks. And um, so that's an absolute blessing, because I feel like it's such Thank a great thing it. to be able to, to do that. Even whether you're an oral learner or not, just being able to go for a run or, or take the dog for a walk and yeah. have an audiobook is incredible, isn't it? I think I'm very lucky in that I would class myself as a more typical dyslexic, so people are much more aware of my dyslexic right, yeah. things, whereas my brother has struggled much more in later life he through school excelled he did really well um he's extremely academic and therefore if he had not been tested and they found out with the reading at an early age mm. i feel he may have struggled when it got to university and that's when he would have found out because he was on a brilliant sort of trajectory all the way through school yeah they wouldn't have worked it out because he got you know top grades really well, pretty yeah. much all the way through he had a wobble at a level um, because his is much more about organisation. Um, classic sign, I say, yeah. Exactly, organisation, um, getting the words from his head onto paper as it mm. gets more difficult concepts. He's a bit like me. We we wear it on about certain things that in detail about things that aren't important because we struggle to understand what's the how to compress big concepts into a small, concise piece of information we both struggle with that Mm. so that's something that we do share and that is much much harder to um find well i think a lot of people do yeah i think yeah i think that could be a trait for maybe somebody who hasn't maybe been in education before so like tertiary education you go into that's some of the stuff that they teach you isn't it when you go to universities how to get that information and, and, and actually get rid of the, the crap bits and, and what what is distill it down, I suppose, to the important stuff. So his main issue is organisation of his life, basically. Which is, is is something that's a lot less obvious in the educational yeah. And also people could possibly make a judgment about your general fecklessness. Or, yeah. you know, you might just be, oh, you know, can't be bothered. Often people describe dyslexics as lazy. This is interesting. So I want to talk about, like, the, the, the flip side of it, the people who have issues with dyslexia. Because I think it's, this is it's interesting that you brought that up because we yeah. haven't planned, you know, this. I, I We've gone through it a little bit, but this is always sort of seat of the pants stuff, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so... Um, there's a guy called Julian Elliott who's an educational psychologist at Durham Uni and he says, I quote, there's no evidence to identify dyslexia as a medical condition, end quote. And this is after his 30 years of research as part of this article. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. So he goes on to say that um, there's a stigma to low intelligence and... Um, he calls dyslexia a social fig leaf for the middle classes. So for parents who don't um, want to hear that their kids or don't want their kids to be labelled as lazy, thick or stupid, they are much more comfortable with labelling their kids as dyslexic. Yeah, exactly. And just put my middle finger up. And I thought, <laughs> as you said about um, you know, the lazy thing, I thought that was a really interesting word. He would be classing me as that because I'm middle class. But that's what I mean. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll be pegged right in there as that. But yeah. what I say to you is, fuck you. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's a lot more but shit this, And this guy's an educational psychologist. 
Yeah, I this is what's ridiculous. I would say my friends at, at school who were extremely um, intelligent, they were lazy at school because they didn't have to work because everything, they read a book and it, there you go, and it went. Mm. Out came on paper. Because yeah. at that level at school, they were really comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And that, oh, they, didn't, they didn't have to work. They, some of them did. Mm. Some of them didn't. As much as I did. I was doing two or three times as much work as them. Mm. Um, so when people say lazy, I just find that incredibly um, insulting. Yeah. But I thought, I thought it was worth bringing up that information because, um, you know, having what you said about your brother and also just understanding that dyslexia is not a one-size-fits-all. It's not, no. this is the symptoms or the signs or the... Don't the... confuse a lazy personality with the dyslexia. Yeah. You can be lazy and have dyslexia. You can have dyslexia and not be this lazy. This is the thing about it, isn't Don't it? Don't it's like this. We've said this before, you know, you might be a liar, but that doesn't make you a murderer. You might be a murderer, but you might not always lie, you know. Behaviours don't necessarily... Um, have any sort of it's different between causation and correlation yeah, isn't it yeah you know there might be a correlation but it's not the actual cause of the of the issue so yeah. I, I thought what a penis once I read that I mean I do think having seen some of the people we were at uni with <laughs> some, some of them are just lazy and that without and they are a shadow dyslexic, of a doubt and then that's yep. fine you can some people are lazy. lazy in our group we know I know who we're both thinking about <laughs> some people are lazy and that that's just their personality. That's just the way they it's are. Different, isn't it? Yeah. I think um something I would definitely like to shout out is this YouTube video. Again, I said as I said before, anything we talk about like YouTube videos will pop on the um Instagram, so you can easily go and search for it. Um, this was a TED talk, um, a Brighton TED talk by Kate Griggs. Um, and it's titled "The Creative Balance of Dyslex Brilliance of Dyslexia." <laughs> but also i think for me as well like because we're doing a podcast and we're putting stuff out there if we stumble over words or we make mistakes judge us if you want yeah. but have some empathy i don't really care if you judge me I'm never gonna, <laughs> never gonna meet you so well, <laughs> well i don't know you might you or? might I some might. of some of the um podcast yeah, people are going nice and doing stuff. like you know they're doing like con oh, goodness. i know it does it yeah <laughs> Oh god, I'm it's quite comfortable in this little like dining <laughs> yeah. room. <laughs> yeah, except for the dog farts, that's yeah, not comfortable. Not so comfortable. Um, yeah, so this YouTube video, if you are, I'd say if you don't understand the sex, you don't understand anything we're talking about, you're not that interested, go and give this a listen if you have spare time. If you do have dyslexia and you've struggled with it, go and give it a listen because it's really quite inspiring. Um, I believe this is the video where she, she does a TED talk and she's brilliant and she runs a charity um, about dyslexia and from mm. dyslexia and trying to promote dyslexia, especially in adults. Yeah. Because I think, yes, it's becoming... People say to me, oh, you're lucky because you were born when dyslexia is a thing. I'm like, yes, I am. But actually, as an adult, yeah. dyslexia is very talked about now in schools, although I think there's still a way to go. It's mm. getting better. But as an adult, as soon as you get to university, I've discussed this at our university with our library and, and some of the mm. learning support people, there's some help, but there's not a huge amount, or there's 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 some recognition, oh, you've got dyslexia, so you must be shit at this, that, and the other. Mm. Um, again, like you said, in the workplace, some workplaces are great, some aren't. Yeah. Whenever I go to my mm. interview, I don't tell them I have dyslexia until I get the job. 
Oh, really? Because I don't want them to turn me down because I've got dyslexia. That's really interesting. Not that they are allowed to, because that would be discrimination No, but like, how can you prove that they didn't give you a job? Exactly. So I don't tell them until first day mm, on the job. Then I say, you. just to let you know I've got dyslexia, if I struggle with... If there's any spelling mistakes, please, you know, I'm, I'm good, but I might yeah. just need a bit of help here yeah. and there. And they say, yeah, a lot of workplaces now have Grammarly. Yeah. Some people love Grammarly, some people hate it as a dyslexia person. It helps me massively. Yeah, I hate it. You hate it because you're a gram- you're a grammar fanatic. So, <sighs> just... but for the for the average, I say the average person for the dyslexic, it is just a brilliant tool mm. to help you, um, with everyday menial mm. tasks. And and like you say, it is it is about finding the things that help you. It's that toolkit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go and give this YouTuber a watch. She talks about um, they have a little video where they do a. a a dyslexia sperm bank. <laughs> and when I told one of our friends about this at uni, she was like, what? So the idea was they had this um, sperm bank and they didn't tell people what it was. It said, dyslexia sperm bank, sperm bank, come in. And people would go and say, why the hell would we want a dyslexic child? So this is the idea, you get a dyslexic child. And they had a book with all of the famous people, you know, like a catalogue. Like, yeah. this is what you could have if, yeah. you, if you have one of our dyslexic um, sperms. So they go through it and they're like, oh, but surely you don't want to have a child with dyslexia because what an effort, like how difficult it must be oh to be God. dyslexic. And they go, well, you know, Einstein was this dyslexic. This is the thing, isn't it? Why wouldn't your child want to be Einstein? Like Einstein? Robo babies. Yeah. And then people start to realise, oh, actually, it's not just a it's negative thing, having, yeah, having dyslexia. It can be a really positive thing. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you can... Or even if you have no help in your entire life and you're dyslexic and you, you somehow make your way through and you have mm. this really different way of thinking about it, you can be a brilliant whatever yeah. it is person. It's like autists, isn't it? You know, who... Because who, oh. my nephew has Asperger's. And, um, you know, he's amazing. His yeah. art is just incredible. And he just has a different way of looking at the world. And who's to say we're normal? Yeah. Everyone's on a scale somewhere. Well, I, I do believe that. Yeah, I do, I do believe that. And I think that I, I, I'm, I'm conflicted about the label thing because I think you get that perception, that judgment. It's interesting that you said to me you don't tell people when you go for a job yeah. until you, you've actually got the job. I think that's, I think that's super bright because I, I wouldn't be intelligent enough to realise that that's something you could even do. Um, but, you know, I think we should be embracing our differences as, as a species and, and not trying to be too judgmental about these things because ultimately being dyslexic it has an impact on your life but it's not the central part of your life so for people to say they don't want a dyslexic baby i find that really weird well i think it's just as you said uneducated people that are not aware because if you're not dyslexic yourself you've never come across anyone you've never had anyone in the family or any close friends that are dyslexic Mm. or you've spent time understanding their dyslexia like you have me or or dan um how would you know? It's like if yeah, you've never met so. anyone with Asperger's or mm. you've never met anyone who's autistic and you haven't seen the positive sides of it. Yeah. Then yeah. of course you're gonna be it's like anything, you're you're scared of the unknown, yeah. right? True story. So it's just yeah. that's what we really want to do is just it's just it's a subject that's I'm very passionate about and want to talk about yeah. and um you can do whatever you wanna do if you put your mind to it. Good on you. And talking of doing anything you wanna do, uh what have you been doing this week? Working. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? 
Um, swimming in the sea. It has been absolutely beautiful. Oh God, I've not even been in the bloody sea. It's so warm. We right now. we have been the most. Well, I say we. You've been in the sea, obviously. I haven't. We were in the sea in February. Yeah, yeah. I haven't January, been in. I yeah, I think we did go in January. Like a pair of nuts. Yeah, it's all right. But I haven't actually been in the sea, so I should go. You should. You'll be. It'll be. It's like a warm bath now mm. compared to what. Yeah, we like were. we were doing. I've become really soft though. I've become. Re- I was. I went for a, when I was in um Spain. I went for a swim in the pool there, and I remember from the last time I was at this hotel, about five years ago, that it was bloody freezing because it's not heated because they don't really heat them out there, do they? And it was a bit. It was bloody boiling out there, and I got in. I was like, because I'm so temp- used to Broadstone. Yeah, but that temperature difference is. It's what makes it more difficult. If it, if you're hot and then you go in somewhere, yeah. it could be fifteen degrees the water. But if it's twenty five outside the water, it's gonna feel. Quite it did cold. feel nice though once I got out again because yeah. by the time I'd got in and yeah, sorted out, cool like, yeah, it was lush. But I think I think I'm gonna have to go in the sea before too long because I don't yeah. want to be too much of a wuss. But I I also quite like the the sort of I know it's not clean because I know it's not. But I like the idea of knowing where my feet are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because I'm not especially very tall. Especially when it's a bit rough in the sea, especially oh, yeah. around here. Exactly. Um, what's so your even, positive of the week? Um, my positive of the week. God, well, I will talk about this even though I sound like an old fart. So yesterday I noticed that my pumpkin seeds have got flour on it. So Mike came around this morning. I was like, look at my pumpkin flour. Oh my God, they're so beautiful. They're ginormous now though, Your garden they? is looking beautiful. It is actually. I've, I've spent an hour in the garden last night just reading with Owen. That was really nice. Gorgeous. This is the first year that we've been here that we've actually thought, hmm, we'll sit in the garden, shall oh, we? Because the, nice. the other, um, I think we've been here nearly three years now, Um We've just been busy working. Yeah. And all the gardens have been such a shithole. We've been yeah. like, no, I don't really want to sit out here. So it's finally got to a place where we're not working completely 24-7. And the garden doesn't look like a, a shithole. Yeah. And we can enjoy it. Excuse my French, but whatever. <laughs> um, so that's my, my um, positive. And podcasts I've been listening to. Well, the ones that I always listen to, like True Crime Enthusiast. Um... I, Twisted I also Britain. yeah love Twisted Britain. They're I just great. they crack me up, um, and I've also found a new one which will be so lacking of interest in anyone. It's a uh, Randy King live. It's a self defense one. It's just was brilliant. Um, it's a debate format. Ah, oh, specific to give that rules. One a go. Yeah, but it, it's the rules that are interesting. Yeah, really, you know you can't just say oh, a lot of people, yeah. and I found that quite cool. Um, so what have you been listening to? I listened to Freakonomics. Oh, they talked about that in the Randy King. Yeah, Freakonomics, great podcast um, for anyone who's actually not at all into economics. Have you read the book? Not yet. <laughs> I've read parts of it, but it's one of those... I've got so many books that I'm reading at the moment. I've got such a list. It takes me about a year to read a book, so yeah. I'm currently trying Audiobook. to... Yeah, I know, but I've got them in as hard copies now. So I don't even buy them as audiobooks. Oh, have you got hard copy of Freakonomics? Yeah. Oh, can I borrow that? Yeah. You can borrow it because you'll have read it before you've even finished the other book. I'm trying to also finish reading um, oh something elef- elephant. Uh, this, oh, this is is it is it Eleanor Oliphant is okay. That's the one. Yeah, I read trying it. To f- Did everyone, you like it? Everyone rated it. I thought it was. I thought it was average. No, I've only got through. Like, I haven't even got through the first chapter. Well, it was okay. I mean, I read so much that by the time yeah, I've I mean I've I read um two and a half books on holiday. 
did you? Yeah. Well, see, that's when I do manage to get through stuff. Yeah. I need nothing else to do. No Wi-Fi. Because if I have Wi-Fi, I'll just listen to a podcast or watch a film. Because yeah. I find that much more relaxing. I've still got to pick... I've still got to read the book. You know, I. it's called The Stand-In by Deborah Mogok. I don't know how you pronounce her name. And that's the book that I picked up and my friend Lily's on the front cover. She's cool. the, the model. I was yeah. like, hmm, that bird looks like... No, that is Lily! <laughs> so, so weird. Funny. It was so weird. But I still haven't read it yet. So that's that's my next fiction book. But um, Nice. Yeah, I, I'm reading... Um, no, I've just finished reading a fiction book. I can't remember the name of it, so it couldn't have been that impressive, could it? No. I try to do one fiction and one non-fiction at the do same you? time. Yeah. At the same time? You read yeah. two, but at the same time? I'm always reading books at the same time. Oh, excuse me. Um... I've been watching The Bridge again. Have you ever watched The Bridge? Oh, no. Is that the Scandi one? Yeah. Owen will not watch anything with subtitles. So if I watch anything with subtitles, I have to do the ironing. Matthew's the same. You won't watch anything. Oh, I love a subtitle movie. His, Matthew's dyslexic That's as well. So he doesn't is like... Is he? Yeah. I'm sure you've told me that. And I'm like, is he? Yeah, but I will never realise that he's dyslexic. Because he... I find... We're very similar as dyslex, in our dyslexia. But he can do left and right. I can't. And he's much better at spelling and reading than I am. Mm. Um, but finds other things difficult. Um, but how weird that you can do subtitles and he can't. I know. I think I can do... I persevere with subtitles, whereas oh, he just can't be bothered. Like, yeah, that might be a bloke thing then, because Owen, Owen's not dyslexic and he's like, no, just can't be bothered. It's just easier not I to... I think it's a good film. Why the hell's wrong with subtitles? Oh, there's, there's a French film called The Impossible. Was it The Impossible? I don't know. About a guy in a wheelchair. Great yeah. film. I think it's The Impossible. Uh, that's subtitled and it's in French. I love that film. And then there's also The Bridge. And because it's in Swedish and Danish and I understand Danish, right. I can semi-read the Danish subtitles and then I can sometimes understand some of the Swedish as mm. well. So I think that also lifts off a little bit of the weight. Okay. Of the... I won't be able to do that. But, no. But I will <laughs> but you can still get the, the general gist. <laughs> so I'm watching that all again and yeah. binging it I've watched it before but I just wanted to watch it again and I absolutely love it oh and when mum was here we did mum and mum right got into Chernobyl did she oh my god she's obsessed with it and she's she like she does she's them like down and Abbey freak and I'm like whatever um but yeah me her and Owen were watching it you know we were watching I think there's five in total isn't there we yeah. watched two the first night and two the second night and then the last one because it was so compelling so good really it? really good and i had such a better understanding of, of... shot really well as well isn't yeah it? i thought it was amazing um yeah and, if, you, if yeah. you haven't already listened we did released a chernobyl was it last no the week before, week before last yeah. we released an episode about chernobyl yeah and that that i'm kind of glad that we did the episode and then i watched the the document drama because it it was so good yeah. so good yeah uh, so yeah Watch that if you can. It's amazing. That's on Now TV or on Sky. So, shout outs to... Twisted Britain. Yeah, we think they're cool. And they've just done a whole year of podcasting, which we've done six weeks. Yeah. And we're impressed with ourselves doing yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, amazing job to those guys. And listen to them if you can. And also shout out to the True Crime Enthusiast podcast, who's yeah. been really supportive yes, of thanks, us Yes, thanks, Paul. So we appreciate far. that. Um, and we're hoping we're going to pop in a promo at some point for his podcast on here. Mm. So look out for that. And um, yeah, Red, our dog, she's kind of like Maya's podcast dog. Um, she will continue to be a pain in the jacksie, 
if you really don't like it, I don't really know what we can do because no. she kind of comes with us now. And I'm going to get a dog when we Yay! finally get a house. <laughs> I can't wait. Yay! Anyway, we've cool. rambled on now, so we'll let you go. Thank you for listening and we'll see you Have next an awesome time. day. Bye! Bye!